Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Woo! As a great American philosopher once said, to be the man, you've got to beat the man, and I think that's going to come up quite a bit today on this, the second edition of Ric Flair, Woo Nation Uncensored. I'm Mark Madden. Joining me is the star of the show. He is the 16-time world champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Nate, I want to start by following up on a few things, a few discussions you initiated on Twitter this past week. One is, you ain't looking to work in wrestling anywhere. You don't need a job, correct? Absolutely. Well, well, do go on. I made more money last week when the first week of our podcast and I made my first year of wrestling in 1973. So <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> well, well, that that's cool. The day, the day that I asked for my release, asked for my release, nobody fired me. I asked for it. I signed a contract that pays me more money for three years than I was making there. So let's just leave it at that. That's for, doing, Ryan, that's for doing appearances, the, the, autographs, the guy, and so forth. The guy, I work for, the guy I work for is Ryan Sitterman. Sitterman Sports, Houston, Texas. So there you go. Well, there Money's was, not an issue. Well, there was a rumor that you were looking to go into AEW. Or they were maybe talking to bring you in. Uh, any truth to that? Were there discussions? And uh, again, it doesn't sound like you're in a hurry to do that either. No, uh, there, there were no discussions at all. I mean, I you know, I don't... Uh, I, I told Vince McMahon, and I, my word is pretty much my bond, unless they do something really stupid to me, that I would never, ever go to work for the competition. And now they've done some really stupid stuff, so that door is open. But I'm certainly not, I haven't, I have not talked to Tony. I haven't heard a word from him. I watch all the shows, appreciate the athletes and the people that are involved in it, but um I, I, I'm not actively in discussions with anybody, but I will never, yes, I would go to work for Tony Khan. I will never go back to WWE. Well, let, let's talk about that. Cause you also said on Twitter that they were trying to erase your legacy. Uh, it, talk about how they're tangibly trying to do that. What you're trying to get from them by way of, I guess, restitution is the word. Well, my, by erasing my legacy, if you take me off the opening of the show and take the woo, 
which I own, thank God, because they'll never get it back, um, and replaced me with the ultimate lawyer, a guy that sued the company, held them up for money. Um, I guess the next thing they're going to do with me is uh, make a DVD saying, have so many people saying how bad I was, like I did with the lawyer, then they brought him back and put him in the Hall of Fame. That ain't going to work for me. One and done. And I, and I, very openly, I text Vince. No worries. But, you know, you're not going to do, you're not going to bring me back. Not that they want me by any means, but I, I, <laughs> I, I could never work for Nick Khan in my entire life. Vince McMahon, I could work for. But Nick Khan, who's the guy that orchestrated taking me off the show, I've got my facts together, orchestrated taking the woo off, never in a million years. Well, don't Tony you? Khan, big difference between Tony Khan and, and Tony Khan respects me. He has, as of Vince, Nick Khan has none. I talk to Vince now. I got no problems with Vince. He just knows I won't come back. Now, don't you think that eventually they're going to want to put you back in the opening? They're going to want to restore you? That's kind of how it works. I mean, Hogan drifted for a while. They brought him back. Warrior drifted for a while. They brought him back. I mean, I know in wrestling, you never say never, Nate, but it sounds like you're saying never. Absolutely never. I'm 72. I could be dead tomorrow. The last thing I'd want was for them to make a package on me. Ever. Well, well, don't don't be dead tomorrow. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll leave all that to Tony Khan. Well, don't be dead tomorrow. We got to get this podcast rolling before that happens. Now, and we're going to uh, do so well with this. Uh, let me just tell you something else that should not shock the world. When I saw that, they took me off the opening and all that, and for whatever reason, you know, I, who knows? I call it lack of respect. Um, some people, some. People said to me, Rick, you know, how do you feel about that? And I said, well, after them asking me to assign my intellectual property to them while I was on life support, nothing that company does surprises me. See, but you don't, you don't tie, you don't tie that to Vince, which I find curious. No, I mean, he had nothing to do with it. Really? He had nothing he to really? do with it, which he made very clear to me. I don't know. Vince is the, the, the boss there, right? I mean. Yeah, he's the boss, but you have to look at WWE is not just a wrestling company. They're, they're Disney. I mean, they, they do everything. They make movies. I mean, he's got so much to oversee. And because he's so hands-on, he, he still can't be totally. He, so, he, totally, he still can't totally watch over everything. Now, uh, it, it's like it's like the trademark with the the the, um, the man trademark, you know. After a excruciating weekend, you know, I want I was there was something that was going on with Taylor Swift and the man and all that, and I said, um, "Oh, I forgot." Some guy from TMZ hit me in LA, and I just went, "You know, you have no idea how hard I've worked." that label and if i own the trademark to be the man if i own that trademark and um they use that trademark to create the man which has been my label my entire career i thought it up it's mine i own it 
And I'm one of the few guys that owns their intellectual property. You know, I mean, Steve doesn't own Stone Cold, believe it or not. And I, I don't think it's right. He should be able to have it. But when they get a hold of it, they're going to keep it. They have their reasons. And I'm not the one making those calls. But I own my stuff. But the ultimate insult was, and whoever was clever enough, you know, first of all, I want to say the girls had a phenomenal match last night, Becky and Charlotte, my God. Um, so proud of both of them. I mean, they, they, they tore it up last night. And I mean, they, they, they are going to make it hard for the guys and keep pushing the guys to be equally as good because they're as good and that match with as good a match as you're going to see anywhere. And intensity, to me, intensity has always been, you know, the, the, it's, it's not so much the wrestling, it's the combativeness, it's the physicality, it, it's the expressions, it's knowing that everybody means business. And they did. And man, they tore it down. So kudos to them. But I'm also, in my opinion, the finish they chose could have gone either way. They chose to sell merchandise rather than uh, sell athleticism. Because those two, there's no comparison. And I'm actually surprised at Fox because Fox is a channel that airs baseball and sports and uh, you know, football and everything else, right? That they would let the, the, the SmackDown title um, get, get beat up, but they don't control the merchandise. By beat up, I mean get beat. So it was a great match, but that's my take on that. And by the way, they're selling merchandise they don't, they, they don't own. <laughs> well, Just because well, I wanted to be this right. Uh, I, my, as I'm sitting here, I pull this up. Um, they have seven applications to this day. WWE, as we speak, for the trademark, the man, they still can't get it. That's how much it was mine. Well, Nate, I, I, I got to ask, I mean, they're giving Becky Lynch your trademark. Why didn't they call her Stone Cold? Why didn't they call her The Game? Why didn't they, you know? Because uh, Hunter told me that, <laughs> Hunter told me that Stone Cold was trademark. I said, why don't you call her The Game? He said, that's trademark too. I said, so is the man. He said, no, it's not. To be the man and the man is two different things. I swear oh, no, to God. it's not. No, it's not. Please. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's old news now. It's behind us. But let's get the facts straight. They still don't own it. And if I get a chance and I get cleared legally, I'm going to go back and get it. Well, Nate, uh, you mentioned the SummerSlam match between Becky and Charlotte, and I agree, it absolutely stole the show by by oh far the best match on the show. And, and let's go over some of the things that happened at SummerSlam. But let's stay with, with Becky and Charlotte for a second because clearly, you know, there is a legitimate disagreement behind the scenes between the two and some mutual dislike. I'm sure you had matches with, with uh, guys that you weren't crazy about or they about you during your career. If, if you don't mind me asking, who are some of those examples and how did you handle that? Because I'm sure you had great matches anyway, just like those two did last night. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've been in a ring with too many guys I didn't get along with. Um, you know, the, the difference for me was that for every great opponent like Steamboat, there was somebody that wasn't that good. You know, going back to what I said last week, there's a big difference between being good and being great. And the great ones are few and far between. 
You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I, I look at the guys that I count. Like I said, if I look at both companies and I've watched them for years now, two years with AEW, almost three, and you take both companies combined, there's eight great workers between those two companies. So along my way, I mean, you think about it. I wrestled Pat O'Connor. I wrestled Bruiser Brody. I wrestled Stan Hansen, Dick the Bruiser, Vern Gagne. Then we'll go fast forward to Arn, Tully, Barry, Luger, Sting, Steamboat, Savage, Hulk, DiBiase. I mean, I mean, if they're in the business, I've wrestled them. With the exception, of course, of Roman or Seth or, uh, you know, the guys that were gone after, um, uh, the guys that were, were, you know, that came along after I retired. So there was no one you ever had real dislike with that you had to get in the ring with? Um, I, I don't think so, no. I, I think I may dislike them now for comments <laughs> they made about me. At the time, I didn't. Well, let, let's let's stick with SummerSlam because I got to be honest, I wasn't great. Life, life, life's too short to be worried. You know, the only reason I get upset now is because it, it, it was, I just got murdered financially. I mean, I got murdered financially. And that, that you know, sometimes whether it's a man or it's a woman, it could be anybody. If, if, if anybody takes $10 million out of your pocket, then I'm sure it's more than that. Are you, are you going to be upset? Oh, oh, for sure. But Nate, Nate uh, see, I'm not like you. You're you're too nice a guy. I have Irish Alzheimer's. I forget everything but a grudge. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but those those are the jokes, Rick. You got to well, laugh. I, what I do? I I drink more red wine when I get upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, sticking with SummerSlam, uh, obviously, I thought Becky and Charlotte had the best match, and like you said, the physicality, the intensity, the the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, no, no question. And another match I really liked, and we've talked about these guys, uh, well, last week in the first edition, the Usos against Randy and Riddle. I mean, Randy's made Riddle. I mean, I didn't think much of him before Randy got a hold of him, and the Usos are one of the best tag teams out there, period. And I thought they had a great match. Yeah. We, we talked about Usos last week. They're phenomenal. And Randy Orton, like I said, you know, one, two, three, four, whatever he, AJ, um, you know, the, the, the guy who I like so well from um, AEW. Kenny Omega. Okay, uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. I mean, those guys are special. But the Usos, because of their size and their ability to work with anybody, Randy, and, you know, that Riddle kid is the most respectful guy. When I see him sometimes, they'll go, with a tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I go, He's the nicest kid in the world. And you know what? He's half tough. He's well, well, and that's testimony to Randy too, Nate, because oh, yeah. again, I didn't think much of Riddle. I didn't think he was going anywhere. Randy got a hold of him, worked with him, gave him the rub, broke him in kind of hard, you know, storyline wise as a tag team partner, and yeah. then put him over. And it's been nothing but, you know, good for him and for that team ever since. Exactly. And, that, and that's a testimony to what I'm saying about Randy being great. The great ones can work in any scenario in any company. I mean, what you could put Randy anywhere now. He's going to make it work. It's going to be successful. And that's, you know, that's, that's going to end up being 
whatever Charlotte decides to do in the future, they know whatever she's involved in is a home run. Now, uh, Roman Reigns... You you can't ask for more than that. Now, Roman Reigns beat Big E in the main event at uh, Survivor Series. What's your take on Big E? We know that that Reigns is a top guy and you think very highly of him, and, and certainly I do too, especially since his association with Paul Heyman started. But what's your take on Big E? Fantastic. I I think he's great. And he's legit. I mean, the guy's got, uh, I go, like I told you, I trained with Rob. He, he totaled 2,200 in the power lifts. So, you know, he's he's an athlete. He played football in Iowa. You you couldn't find a nicer guy. He's clever. He's a good talker. He's got a million dollar look. I think he's great. Now, uh, just like Xavier, I'm a big fan of Xavier Wood, too, so. Now, Nate, uh, the one thing I didn't like about Survivor Series, over one-third of the time was spent on entrances and video packages. Only two-thirds of the show was actual wrestling. And I know that's the way that, that wrestling on TV has gone. Like, you know, Raw more often than not starts with a 20-minute interview segment. But I wasn't crazy about that, especially not on a pay-per-view where – in theory, you're paying, although the WWE Network has kind of muddied those waters. And I also didn't like that they teased The Rock the whole show. And obviously, he was never going to be there. And I'm not a big fan of teasing something you don't deliver on. Well, first of all, you asked about the packages first. The packages, I, I actually, I think they're good because they bring back and refresh people's memories of the whole storyline. And, and Kevin Dunn is so good at putting those together. So if you missed a week of TV, you get a, if you missed a month, say you were gone or whatever, you could come back, you watch the package, you go, wow, da da da. This is why. And then, then the, here's the problem the performers have to live up to the package. <laughs> so if you look at the package with Ashley and, and Becky, it was phenomenal. And guess what? They walked out and they followed it. Bingo. That's the problem. Some of the matches can't follow the packages. <laughs> no. Hey, I, we used to say, hey, we used to say it's a funny it's a joke. Armor say it out loud. We laughed, you know. It, it's, it, <laughs> some, some guys that wrestled over the years, the match was over when their music stopped. <laughs> I could I could name a few of those. I don't no, no. But we used to laugh. I mean, please just play their music for the whole ten minutes we're out there. Now, uh, and what about the idea of teasing The Rock the whole time, and him not being there? And do you think that's going to lead to The Rock eventually wrestling Roman, maybe at WrestleMania? Now, if you do that, then what was done on Survivor Series makes a little bit more sense. If you don't, then it's just bait and switch. Well, I don't have the, I don't, I can't give you an answer other, other than the fact that I, I'd love to see it, you know, who wouldn't, I mean, I'm a huge fan of both guys, the Roman, he knows how much I think of him and the rock, you know, there's only one Dwayne Johnson, one rock. Um, he's larger than life. And he, um, you know, he will, he, he's like Steve. There's a couple of guys that come along in every generation and decade that they're never going to be able to replace. And just like Steve will be hosting WrestleMania and Taker, I mean, there's that elite crew of guys 
that are always going to be the key people. You know what I mean? And that that Steve, The Rock, Taker, uh, Sean, Sean. I mean, it, it, there's some guys that are always going to be there because of that's how much they meant to the company and, and for years. And I can understand why in someone's mind, they say, well, we can get rid of Ric Flair. That's fine. Because I really didn't do much. It, I had a great run in 91. I became the world champion twice for them. But I, they actually, as I've said before, they, they saved my career by bringing me back uh, into the company. And then I had an eight-year run with those guys. And I mean, the, the, if, without that eight-year run, I'm not Ric Flair. So every time, like talking earlier in the show, I get upset with them. I've got to think back to what really helped me become who I am and why I'm able to have income and be successful at 72 and not, not have to rely on wrestling. I would love to see Rock wrestle Roman. And I got to tell oh, you, Rick, too. I don't know that it's going to happen at this WrestleMania. I think it'll happen at some point. And the big reason is Rock loves wrestling. Yes. He never left wrestling behind. He's the biggest action star, arguably, in the history of movies, not just right now, but he still loves wrestling. And that's why I believe he'll come back there in, in, with any wrestler. Heck, you even yeah. teased this last week on the podcast, even at 72. There's always that lure of one more match, even if it's just in your mind, even if it's just something to think about, but The Rock can still make it happen. Yeah, listen, it's funny you brought that up because... <laughs> There's a promoter in Israel <laughs> that wants me to wrestle your buddy, Sammy. Um, What's Sammy Guevara? Yeah, in Israel. <laughs> I said, <laughs> $100,000 in two first-class tickets. I'm there. <laughs> wow. 50% down. 50% <laughs> after I beat Sammy. <laughs> after I beat Sammy. <laughs> well, no, I, I Sammy's so good. I could probably get through with him. I'll have to figure out what to wear, but <laughs> no, that, well, you know what, if you're going to have one more match, he might be the kid to have it with. Yeah. Us, why uh, not? He's great. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I wonder if he's been asked about that yet. It's like, uh, <laughs> it, it's like Jake well, Hager, Jake Hager got, uh, it, John Bones Jones said he's going to fight Jake Hager on some grappling show. And Jake Hager went on Twitter and said, well, that's news to me. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> could, could you, and I know, you know, you know, what's funny. I really don't I, want to see you I, do I, one I, more hey, match, I, but it would be I great love, with Sammy. Oh, yeah. Hey, he's great. <laughs> you know, just like Sean carried me at 24, he could carry me for 15, 20 minutes over there. <laughs> My um, biggest problem, I may have to go as the Black Scorpion, totally covered up sting, and reveal myself. Sting. <laughs> sting. Sting. Sammy. <laughs> Nate, Sammy. Um, one last hey, thing. Here's another one too, because I look at these comments like Nature Boy. Here, here's here's how they race again. Flair took Rogers stuff to a whole new level. Is that Harley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Well, that's an easy I, one. People say I copied Buddy Rogers. Flair took Rogers stuff. To a whole new level. <laughs> I always, I always called, I always called Harley Mister Race because I was scared to death of him. 
And he liked that actually. Hey, so rightfully so. Hey, oh, I know, so should, I know. Hey, so should Hager and John Bones Jones. One <laughs> <laughs> one last thing before we leave Survivor Series behind. Um, I really liked, and we talked about this last week. I liked AEW's full gear uh, pay per view mm-hmm. because it's quarterly. You know, mm-hmm. when you do quarterly pay per views, you can you know could do a proper build and have a proper blow off. And with monthly pay-per-views, I'm not sure you can really ever do that. Don't you agree? Um, you know, that's that's a business decision. That's all about making money, Mark. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't disagree with it from the financial point, but I'm talking about in terms of doing, you know, effective booking. Yeah, but, you know, here's the deal. In this day and age, who's to say what's effective and what's not? Because... um. The business is, is never going to recapture the audience that they used to have. Just like a lot of sports are recapturing everything for a lot of reasons. Or a lot of shows that don't maintain, but got Raw's been there, what, now 30 years? I mean, come on. And whether to get a 1.5 or get a 3.0, there is a lot of people watching Raw. And same with uh, SmackDown. And AEW is getting to the point where they're going to be well, I mean, a lot of people are watching them now, too. I, I think they wish the number would grow a little bit more, but in time, it will. And I think it's great, you know, for both companies to give all these guys that deserve an opportunity um, to wrestle, to go out there and show their skill. Because, you know, I'm, I'm all about the more wrestlers that are employed and have the opportunity, the better for everybody. Well, that, that's a great segue, Nate, because I want to talk next about all the releases in WWE lately. Uh, there have been uh, two flurries of them in the past month or so. The biggest name released by WWE being John Morrison and some promising young guys like uh, like Keith Lee and Hit Row, uh, Tegan Knox among the women. Uh, what's your take on WWE having releases on the regular? Uh, I, I hate to see anybody lose their job, but... Uh, by the same token, I'm not sure everybody is meant to be on big-time TV for wrestling. Uh, to quote Judge Smales from Caddyshack, the world needs ditch diggers, too. And I don't say that lightly because we're talking about somebody's life. But, uh, you know, when, when wrestling got rid of me, I went to radio. I mean, it's not well, for but everybody. Here, here, here's the problem, Mark, is they're being scrutinized for making a business decision. Nobody talks about the number of people the airlines laid off. Nobody talks about the number of Lawyers that get laid off on a big firms, it's just wrestling because that's what you and I pay attention to. You know, it's not unusual for major companies to make to make cuts for a budget. Well, and and they just also big pardon. Also, by comparison, AEW just keeps hiring and hiring and hiring and never fires. So that puts WWE in a bad light by comparison. Well. But here's the situation. That, that who's the bad light? The bad light are the people that aren't going to like your your and my show because they don't like you or don't like me, right? And what's not to like? Like, I know what I'm talking about. You know what you're talking about. There's still going to be people that say, "Ah, bullshit." My <laughs> answer to them is bullshit. If you're better than me, tell me about it. You're not. You won't be. You never have been. And you're never going to be. And Mark Madden's been doing this for 30 years, from everywhere to ESPN to uh, everywhere. Wherever Mark's been. WCW, iHeart Media, Tribune and, Review. And, and, and Mark Mann does not need this podcast to make a living either. Okay? 
We're uh, just yeah, having but fun. Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah. yeah and we're <laughs> right. having fun and we're, and we're not bullshitting anybody. If right. I tell you what's going on, everything I've just told you is the God's honest truth. Well, stay, staying with the cuts, why isn't there a wrestler's union? Because I, I kind of chuckle when I go on Twitter and I see a lot of wrestlers complaining about how unfair it is these people got cut. And again, I empathize, but if you are looking for fair, wrestling's not the door you want to knock on. And I just don't think a wrestler's union has ever been even, I can't remember the last time it was even considered. I mean, I was, because they, they wanted me to walk away from Crockett and they wanted Hope to walk away from, uh, and then the two of us go say, we're not going to perform anymore. You know how long we would have been employed? Probably about, maybe that would have lasted about a week. It doesn't work like that. And by the way, the WWE might as well, they, they take care of their guys. I mean, they get medical treatment if you get hurt in the ring. But if something happens outside the ring, that's their responsibility. But sooner or later, you're going to have to have, um, you know, you, you put together your own pensions. You, you, you learn. Me, I wish I'd, you know, been a lot smarter with my money. But I think in a way it forced you to be smarter with the way you handle your money. Um, with the kids, they slow down, they ramp down, they watch what they're doing. And eventually, the umbrella is not going to be there. So, I, 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 I'm, I, the way WWE runs it now, and I'm sure Tony does the same thing, you get hurt in the ring, they, they'll pay you. You go to the hospital, they'll pay you. If you're off, they're going to pay you. They, they, they have guaranteed contracts. Now, when the union was needed, was back when I started this, when you didn't go to work, you didn't get paid. You know, no, like no said, matter what the I reason. Made, you and I made more money last week, our first week out of the shoot, than I made my first year in wrestling. 64 grand. Come on. Now, of the... Life has changed, right? Oh, no question. No and question. That, and that was driving 4,000 miles a week. Well, Nate, I've been in unions. I've been in unions in my profession. I've been, you know, worked at jobs where I don't have a union. And I am not anti-union by any means, but it takes a lot of sacrifice and selflessness to start one. And that's just not the way wrestlers are. That's just not the way the business is. It's a very individual business. But uh, of, the, of the wrestlers who got released, obviously John Morrison was the biggest name. Uh, I imagine he's going to turn up somewhere in pretty short order. Uh, is there anybody else on that list that, that really strikes your fancy? Or what do you think is going to happen with Morrison? Well, I know John, you know, for a long time, he was with, uh, um, with uh, Nitro for a while. And, um, you know, I just think he, he's got a lot of talent. But he, I think John has, does well out in Hollywood and does stuff like, um, and like I would just spend some time when I went to visit AEW with um, Shaviko, uh Chavo Jr., right? My Chavo you Guerrero. Know he is right now? He, he, he does all the stuff. For the Rock's uh, movies. Right, young, no, Young Rock. He's the wrestling advisor. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, for the TV series, Young good, Rock. If they have found outside, uh, they've some, they have found ways to create income for themselves outside of the business. Like when I had, one of the reasons that I was able to hang in there when Bischoff was, and I, and I was, when he, when he sued me all that, is I had 10 goals gyms. And I had gyms when you could make money with them. And I did, a lot of money which allowed me to fight that lawsuit for a year. But after a while, it did, 
stay in the lawsuit, get a guaranteed win, because Turner never, never won anything. They paid everybody or go back to work. And when Vince called me and said, you want to come? I said, oh, God, please. Yes. You're not wrestling in. Just talk. Okay. <laughs> well, it's funny, it's funny you mentioned John Morrison in Hollywood because the same actually applies to his wife, uh, Taya Valkyrie, yeah. who got released by WWE. And, and, and I think they're going to be okay. I don't think they have to wrestle ever again if no. they don't want to. But like we've talked about early in the show, people always want to. Uh, I, I would like John Morrison to be my body double if I go to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> sting. Sting. Uh, Nate, uh, what, one thing I, I want to talk about, and, and by the way, uh, I don't know if, I, I think you saw Sammy Guevara's match with Jay Lethal, the yes. main event at AEW. That was a yes. brilliant match, wasn't it? Yes. That was a, a true main event caliber match. Yes. I can't say enough about it. Like I said, both of those guys can carry me for 15, 20 minutes. I'm, I, you know, you know how much respect I have for Jay Lethal. I think he's one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. Uh, he's never going to get his due, um, but he, you know, um, he, I, he's one of my favorite people. And the, you know, you know, I'm so so pro the people that. Um, are respectful and he is so respectful. I, I gotta I have to give an insert here, something I thought I was gonna say. You know, I was doing the Steve Austin show and um um God stop one second. Just well, stop. Let, let me just in, let me just interject Nate. The, the only time I ever met Jay Lethal, he totally blew me off, totally big time to me. But uh but to be fair, I've been totally blown off by bigger stars than him. Are you kidding me? No, no, I was I was in an appearance. Kevin Nash did a uh, personal appearance in Pittsburgh, and yeah. Ring of Honor was in town at the same time, so they all came to the show. And I went up and introduced myself to Jay Lethal, and he didn't even shake my hand; just walked right by me. Wow, I I'm shocked by that because he's a no, great guy. Did. And no. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Might have caught him on a bad day, but it's a funny story. Yeah. Well, let me go back to what I was going to say. This, this, it needs to be inserted into the earlier part of the conversation. I was doing Steve Austin show. And uh, Kevin Owens' name came up. He's another kid who I, it's so re damn respectful. Um, and he, Steve said that Kevin reached out to him and said, do you mind if I borrow the stunner? Because there was a time in the business, <laughs> I should trademark this, there was a time in the business when you would ask someone if you could, if, you, if they would, could, if you could use their figure, like people would say to me, do you care if I use the figure four in my match? No, please. You're not going to beat anybody with it, but feel free to use it. Neither did you. Um, uh, and I gave it to a lot of people, but people, that, that's the kind of respect they'd have. Where they come to Sean and say, "Oh, you're the super kick." In in as far as the company with my trademark, they didn't even ask me to borrow my finish. They just stole my my trademark and took my finish. <laughs> so forget about using my finish. They just used my trademark without permission. So. You can imagine. And by the way, I mean, it's a true story about Jay Lethal, but I think he's a great performer. I love yeah, him. Yeah, God. He did I'm the imitation of you. In t no, I will I call him after the show. No, 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 no. Please don't. Please don't. 
NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. There's never been a better time to refinance than right now. With real estate being so hot, your house could be worth more than ever. SaveWithConrad.com can help you use that new equity to pay off your credit cards or get rid of your PMI, saving you thousands. Interest rates are still at historic lows, but experts expect the rates to rise next year. Let SaveWithConrad.com get you the best rate you've ever had and save thousands. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, and you won't make another payment until next year. Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. Nation, it's time to move on to a, we're going to do a regular segment every week called Rating the Wrestlers. We talked about a few wrestlers last week, and it got over big, drew a lot of headlines. So there's a couple guys uh, I want to bring up, and, and you've actually teased a few of these already. But tell me why you like the Young Bucks, because I love them too. I think uh, they're one of the two or three best tag teams in wrestling. But uh, but I wouldn't think they're your kind of tag team, because they're, they're high spots, they're constant movement. They're really uh, indicative of today's style of wrestling. Why do you like them? I mean, I do too, but I didn't think they'd be your cup of tea. Well, for, first of all, my cup of tea is, I, I, it's one of the reasons I've been able to, to adapt over the years is I, I, I can identify somebody being able to do something that I couldn't have done. Okay. And I can honestly tell you, I, I could have learned how to do a moonsault. I could have learned how to do a couple of things that the kids can do. But the stuff they do, I could never have done. I just, it, I don't, I don't think so anyway. And I, you know, who knows? I was a Division One athlete, but the stuff those guys do, you know, similar to what the Usos and the, the, the bumps they take, I can't help but respect them. Plus, they're really nice, respectful kids, and that's to me. I keep, I know that word respect is is probably used too much by me, but. Man, when you got my respect, you got me. Does that make sense? No, no, no I, question. No question. And I that that, that 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 that's where Sasha Banks comes into my life. She respects me. And I mean, I can't tell you that the word respect it means more than anything, especially as you get older. You know what I mean? It's so easy to be pushed aside, forgotten. You know what I mean? But for me to still be here and have a show like this with you. And have respect and get Texas and say, Nate, you know, be strong. I mean, I got I got that from Shayna Baser. Got it from Nia Jack, Rhea Ripley. I mean, all of them. The all, you know, in you find out who are your friends and who respects you when things are up, when things are down. Does that make sense? Oh, no, no question. And uh, and I like the Bucks too. I've dealt with them on, oh, on just God, a few occasions. And, and yeah, here's and what I like about them. I'm, I've been watching their stuff dating back to when they worked like PWG in LA, that kind of underground promotion when mm -hmm. they were in TNA doing that terrible gimmick. I, I forget what it was. It was so terrible. Of course, ring of honor, new Japan, and they've always gotten better. They, they've added the intensity and emotion as opposed to being just real clinical high spot guys, which they kind of were at the start of their careers. They sell great. They can work healer baby face. They do good promos. I have a lot of respect for guys who just continue to get better all the time. And I don't think the Bucks have ever stopped getting better, Nate. I don't think they've ever settled. Neither do I. And and they've they've come up with several different looks that work. And I I don't think there's any limit. They're young guys. The, the key to them, the key for them is to stay healthy. You know, yeah, which is the key for everybody. Yeah, and as they temper their work a little bit, I, I think they're playing into that because there comes a point where you don't have to do necessarily all that, although I know they take pride in it. 
but you got to pick your spots. I think they're real smart kids. And you're right, that mm-hmm. bodes well, kids. I mean, I'm saying that because I'm 60. And that bodes well for their longevity. Now, another tag team that is my cup of tea in every way is FTR. Yes, uh, absolutely. They have, they have high regard for Arn and Tully. Yep. They work like Arn and Tully. They work just the style I like in tag team wrestling. And one thing I said on, on Twitter, and Dax Harwood said it was the tweet of the week. He said it was I was the smartest guy on Twitter that day. That's before he blocked me, but that's another story altogether. Uh, hey, Dax, Dax Harwood. Dax, he blocked me. <laughs> I can still get heat, Nate, no question. But I, I think he's a good guy, and I think they're a great team. I actually think we... That, that he and I think wrestling a lot alike. It's just that he sees as a holy pursuit, and, and I don't quite. But uh, they wrestle like a tag team. And a lot of times today in tag team wrestling, Nate, and the Bucks don't do this, and FTR doesn't do this, and the Usos don't do this, but sometimes it's just four guys wrestling instead of tag team wrestling. Do you understand what no. I mean? And FTR yes. always wrestles like a tag team, don't they? Yeah. No, and... And going back to their run in, in the WWE, those guys and the Usos had some matches that were unbelievable. Um, as, 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 and they took that same level of skill, which is immense, over and they had the great matches with the Young Bucks. I mean, those guys, I mean, once again, as I mentioned before, Arn, Tully, myself, we were never Mr. America, right? But we could all work. And those kids can work. Yeah, I mean, I, I love watching their matches. They can adapt to any style. They can do the Lucha Brothers. They can do the Young Bucks. And they're so believable. I, I think it's fair to say, and this is no knock on anybody else, Nate, FTR are the most believable tag team of the day and, and have been for quite some time. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that them are the Usos. I'm, I'm, I'm really big on the Usos. But, I mean, I, I couldn't, I can't. I can't see the difference between the two. No, no, no. And certainly I'm not even comparing the two. The Usos are great. We've talked about them. But yeah, no, but I, no I, think, yeah, I, think, I think they're great, yes. Now, let's talk about the new AEW World Champion, Hangman Page. Uh-huh. He's only 30 years old, never yeah. worked WWE, and I think he's the real thing. I wrote in a blog today, and by the way, I'm doing a every Monday wrestling blog now at WXDX.com if people want to check it out. But Hangman Page at 30 is a real main eventer. And I yes. don't think there's too many of those. I think we overestimate how many there are. Oh, for sure. I watched his stuff. I've liked him since day one. And I, I think uh, him being a champion now is long overdue. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, they, and once again, I, I only know him to say hi. And I've shaken his hand a couple of times, but he's respectful. But he, he, works, he works incredibly hard in the ring. He's got a really good-looking gimmick. He's a very handsome young man. And uh, I think he should have a hell of a run with the title. Well, him and Kenny had just the lights-out match at full gear. Yeah. Just unbelievable. And, you know, Kenny does that. But, you know, Hangman was an equal partner in that, I, I hasten yeah. to add. And uh, Yeah, what? hey, you know, make no mistake, it always takes two to tangle, man. No question. No question. But I got to say this about Hangman, Nate. You know what he reminds me of is – and not, not – not, Exactly, but there's a little bit of Stan Hansen in him. He does the cowboy gimmick. He does yeah. the lariat. He's not nearsighted, and he can hear, and he won't kill you. But, but yeah. there's a little bit of Stan Hansen in him, isn't there? A little bit of Barry Windham, too. Yes, yes. Great call. Great call. 
yeah. And, yeah. and obviously, he, there's no. He, he, he's not nearly stiff enough to be compared to Stan Hansen. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Well, like, like I said. Let's get realistic. I'm still trying to get the blade out of my forehead from one of his clotheslines. Well, it's like Terry, Terry Fox uh-huh. said to me about Stan Hansen once. He said, what? he's nearsighted and he can't hear. Yeah. So, like, you're just in for a treat. He doesn't mean to do it, but he's going to kill you. Yeah. Well, wrestle him for an hour sometime and tell me about it. So, if you want to be the real world champion until you wrestled Hanson and Brody in Japan individually for an hour, you are not the world champion. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one I've more had guy, that pleasure about five to six times. <laughs> now, now, one more guy I want to talk about uh, today on Rate the Wrestlers is uh, a guy I think who's been a main eventer in WWE, but I think he's still somewhat underestimated, and that's Drew McIntyre. There's a guy who paid his dues in, in TNA, Impact Wrestling, really honed his character after going there from WWE, came back a truly polished professional, and I like the fact that he's big. I mean, I wish wrestling would go just a little bit bigger. I, I liked it when it was larger than life, and Drew's larger than life. He is, and... Uh... And gifted, you know, I don't know. They, they gave him that real good run for a while. And uh, who knows? You know, those are questions that are that you and I can only speculate on. But as to, in terms of ability, he's got all the ability. He has an incredible look. I mean, he's one of the Lex Luger, Kerry Von Erich yep. type. He's big. He's strong. He's handsome. He's a nice guy. Um, and why they're not running with him right now, I don't know. But that's that's... The funny thing about wrestling is, it could be hot and cold. One day you're, one day you're, you know, the, the you're in the eyes of the people that make the decisions. You're gold. The next day, somebody will see something they didn't like, and then they, they, they sometimes you have to go back down to the bottom and start up again. Well, I lo- oh, absolutely it does, and I think that will happen with Drew because he's too good to keep on the back yeah. for very long. But one thing I really like about him, Nate. He does very earnest, sincere promos that are very believable. I mean, we have a lot of guys yelling and screaming, and that's okay. There's room for that. But he's different and prospers at promos because of it, I think. Yeah, actually, I don't know if you remember, but the promo that he did backstage was Shawn Michaels at a show about a year ago um, where Shawn had, you know, encouraged him to come back, and they went back at NXT before the main roster and all that was one of the best promos I've ever heard. And I told him that. I called him and said, hey, man, that's the kind of stuff that will get you over. Not everybody has to holler and scream like Rick Flair did. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! No, I, no, only, no. I, only, I only knew one way of communication. <laughs> no, no, I agree. And I, and I think... Uh, we hey, look at Hey, one of the greatest interviewers of all time. I mean, no, I'm going to argue this with anybody. Is Arn Anderson. No question. He never... He never raised his voice, but everything Iron said and everything that came out of his mouth, brother, you looked at it and went, holy shit, this guy is dead on. Only two. Now, Nate, here's where we're going to get some they, headlines. They, they, if you want to turn Cody Rhodes heel, they need to let Iron talk. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait and, for Cody. And, and let Iron get serious. I'm serious. Well, I can't wait for Cody to get like a second win there because I think very highly of him. Oh, and, I do uh, too. And he, I don't know if he's faded or just some of the stuff he's done and they've done haven't worked with him lately, but 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 I am a, a big fan there. And I agree with you. If anybody can turn yeah. Cody Rhodes heel, it's Arn. And Arn shouldn't turn heel on Cody, nor Cody on him. They should turn heel no. together. 
No, they should do it together. Right. That's what I'm saying. And let, and let Arn do some of the talking. The enforcer, shit, I mean, Arn might be the best interviewer they have over there, and he gets a little bit of time, but he may be the best interviewer they have there. How about when he did the interview about pulling the gun? Huh? Arn did an interview where he said he was going to, like, take out a Glock. I didn't hear it. Oh, yeah, it was. It, it made some headlines, to be sure. Now, Nate, here's something else that'll make some headlines, okay? This will yeah. get the dirt sheets going, the, the websites. Uh, what is your take on Dave Meltzer, the, the wrestling newsletter guy, wrestling observer, his five-star system for matches? I've never thought it mattered worth a damn. I think it's an artificial way to kind of prop up. I mean, I don't think that's what it's all about. I think it's about emotion. I think it's about connection. I think it's about how many people watch it. But what's your take on his five-star rating system for matches? And I'm asking you as someone who had a ton of five-star matches. Um, you know, here's a... <laughs> when me and Bret Hart used to be going at each other, right? <laughs> and then finally Dave named the, an award after me. It's the Luthez Ric Flair Award, right? So, well, that's my point. If anyone could comment on this, it's you. Yeah, no, that's why I'm saying that I can't ever heal on Dave. You know what I mean? I'm not asking because, you to heal no, no, on him. Think, no, Mark, Mark, think about this. You got you got out of that business. But if there's, if there's two people that can comment and talk about wrestling that have studied it, watched it, sat back, and lived in it, sacrificed their families almost like a wrestler to study it, it's you and Dave Meltzer. So well, no, that's no. why, that's why Dave, I, I think it's great because it drives the kids crazy to this day. What Dave says, you know what I mean? It, and it, it's just one opinion, but apparently who knows? I mean, it's like you, Mark, you, so, somebody was saying something about you. You told me about never being able to replace um, Bobby Heenan. You never said you were going to. Well, no, and I you never did a damn good job of it. Well, I, I did my best. I, I'm not Bobby, yeah. but, but, well, but I hey, first of all, Bobby Heenan is one of the one of the top two or three most entertaining people in the history of our business. No question. They don't make Bobby Heenans anymore. They just no don't. question. They but, don't but, make Gene Oakland's anymore. Oh, sorry. No, no, no doubt about that. Now, but the thing about the star thing, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, hey, Dave's carved out an unbelievable career covering wrestling. Yes. And he deserves all the credit in the world for that. I just don't like the star thing. I mean, like, I'll give an example. Britt Baker, after she wrestled Thunder Rosa in what was probably the first women's bloodbath ever, there's a video of her uh, coming through the curtain and saying, I wonder how many stars Meltzer will give that. And you know what? I love Britt Baker, and I've seen her since the very beginning of her career at IWC Wrestling, an indie show here in Pittsburgh, and I love her to death, and I think she's the cornerstone of that women's division. I'm not sure that's what she should be caring about. But that's that's a discussion you have to have with Britt Baker. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, listen, we all we all lived and died by what Meltzer said in the day. Really, you you took it that seriously back in the day? Hell yeah. Okay. If, if, if somebody was saying Roddy Piper was better than me, I was pissed. If no, no, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about the stars, the star rating. Huh? I'm talking about did you take the star system seriously? Oh, no, I didn't pay attention to that, but everybody paid. Anybody that says it, any wrestler in the 80s or 90s that says they don't pay attention to Dave Meltzer. No question. You're and, right. And if today 
said they didn't. They're full of shit. See, here's here's where I get thrown for a loop, though. Full Gear was a great... Dave Dave can make people drink at night. <laughs> amongst other things. <laughs> well, no, you're, you're right about that. And, and here's the thing, and I'm going to come off like a jerk saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, like, at Full Gear, Dave gave, like, I forget how many of the matches, five stars or above. And by the way, if five stars is the top, you can't go above, but he does. But, but like... Now, like, Kurt Angle never had a five-star match. And now the guy dressed as a dinosaur in AEW had one. And I don't get that. I mean, I... I Kurt Angle never had a five-star match? Never had a five-star match, according to Dave. Huh. Whereas Luchasaurus oh. in that tag match. And by the way, I'm going to apologize right away. Because I think Luchasaurus is awesome. The, the act of Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt when he's healthy is one of the best acts AEW has. And full yeah. disclosure, Nate... We talked earlier about Jay Lethal having blown me off. Yeah. I blew off Luchasaurus when AEW was in town. I feel I felt terrible after I was told because he didn't have his mask on. I didn't recognize yeah. him. And I think yeah. he's great. So Luchasaurus, yeah. if you're listening or if anybody speaks to you about this, I apologize. You're great. That was a great match at full gear. But but I don't know. I don't think every match there was a five-star match. Yeah, I can't. I, I do. I, I was traveling. I was working that weekend. I, I didn't get to see it. So I, I can't answer that. That's the one. Oh, no, let me, let me ask you this, though. Like with the five star matches, everybody remembers the series you had with Steamboat in 89. And we'll talk about yes. that at length at some point. Yeah. But when you wrestled in the Mid Atlantic, you probably had what? 20 matches that were better than those matches just at house shows. And, and, and I remember at your uh, 70th birthday party, I sat down with you in Steamboat, and boy, what a thrill that was for me as a, as a total mark for those matches. And Ricky said the same thing. Yeah, well, we just, <clears throat> sometimes you come across an opponent in your career that it's like, that I I am, have said this, I, the only two people I've ever seen, I've seen, let me think, let me get this right. I think that what Steamboat and I had is shared by Charlotte and Sasha. Yep. Yep. I, I think I think it is shared by HBK and Undertaker. Yep. Um and I can't think of too many others right now currently that have had that kind of chemistry where they could just go and not talk. I mean, just you just feel the flow. Would that make sense? I think it, at this point in time. And they'll they'll run it again. That's why that's why they're the two best. Sasha and Ashley will have another huge run together. No question. I mean, and, and not just one more. Not just one more. They're gonna do it for 10 more years if that's what they want. That's what I'm saying. But I mean that match is so good. You want to watch it every week. It's the best match. And I call Sasha Steamboat. I say, Steamboat, how you doing? She laughs. <laughs> no, she is. I mean, she's that damn good. But you know who's close to her in terms of wrestling? Ashley is Asuka. Yeah, oh, God, Asuka. We forgot to mention her last week as one of the top women performers because she's yeah. hurt right now, but she yeah. is among the very, very best. Yeah, that was my bad. And then we got off and you said, Rick, what about I said, I said, damn it, it's my bad. She, you know, it's funny. Ashley would say to me, Dad, God, I'm wrestling Asuka. I, I don't think I can keep up with her. That's a compliment and a half, right? Because Oscar brings a style so unique, so authentic, and so real. And the matches, that match that she and had, Ashley had at WrestleMania, they stole the show. 
I mean, they just flat out stole the show. Like Becky and her did last night. Well, my, I mean, my, my there, 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 there was a time we didn't talk about the girls. Right. We never, it never came up. Now there's more talk about the girls. I think the biggest match on the show last night was Becky and Charlotte, right? I know for a fact it was the best match, but the most hyped for so many different reasons. Well, I got to tell you, my dream match for the girls, I have two. I have two dream match for the women. And one is, uh, is Ashley against Tessa Blanchard. I don't know if that'll ever come off, but I think that would be a very credible match. And my other one is Ashley against, uh, boy, the sunshine in my, my feed right now, uh, is Ashley versus Dr. Britt Baker. Oh, yeah. And, and I think, and I think, I think Britt Baker might get her five-star match if it comes to that. Yeah, there we go. Well, you know, Ashley will rise on occasion, and I, I like the doctor. I just know her to, enough to say hi now, but she's, once again, a very nice person. And, and uh, um, you know, I wish her nothing but the best. I'd love to see all that happen. You know what I mean? It's, it's, everything, you know, is, it's in the politics of the business. It's in the, it's in the hands of, you know, two great owners, Tony and Vince. So, <clears throat> well, I think something can happen. I don't know if that door will ever not be forbidden, that particular door. Nate, another regular feature we're going to be doing is called Friends and Foes. We're going to pick one partner or teammate from your past every week and one opponent. I'm actually throwing a curveball. We were going to do Dusty today, but we're, we decided to save that for later because that's obviously a big discussion. The guy I want to talk about today as one of your opponents is Ronnie Garvin. And yeah. you had that memorable title switch with him. Yeah, and and I and I've met Ronnie. I interviewed him at one of Conrad Thompson's uh, get-togethers at Starcast. And boy, I got to tell you, watching those matches then, and you and I had just met then, and we were you know just friends yeah. then. Yes. I thought you two were going to kill each other. Yeah, I have never yeah. seen any matches more physical. I have never seen, never mind you know your forehead with 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 blading and getting color, your bodies, your your arms, your chest. It was scarred. It was beaten yeah. red. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? For the year and a half that I wrestled him, I took a, a tube of Neosporin every day in the morning and a tube after I showered at night and covered my chest. He beat me, he beat the skin up. <laughs> well, he was such a credible performer, Nate. Hey, there, was no, there was no two chop rule like there is with Taker. <laughs> <laughs> and Bret Hart, no, the, no, the no chop rule for Bret. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me ask you a question about Ronnie because, uh, and this is no knock on him because this has happened before with guys, but why, when he became world champion, didn't it take, it seemed like the fans really got behind him as a challenger, well, you know, well, but it, not it, as it much took, as a champion. It took in the Southeast. It took, it, it took in our, in our territory. We sold out everything. It's when we went to Chicago and Detroit and that, that they didn't, you know, it just, he, 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 as, legit, as legitimate as he was, I don't. I think they wanted somebody more colorful. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, yeah. And he, he, he just plain as what he was. He was a tough guy. He, it's like I, I can remember. I think you'll love this. Not talking about someone that's not here to respond, but Big Bubba, um, Ray Trailer, right? When he was Big Bubba with us, he was uh, Cornet's bodyguard. So we were in Richmond one night and Garvin had just beat the liquid crap out of Big Bubba, right? 320 pounds and Bubba said, Ray, what are we going to do? <laughs> he had that voice. Garvin, Garvin's killing me. <laughs> it's, it's, 
goddammit, hit him back. You're twice his size. He beat this shit out of me, Rick. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I you're said, right. Welcome to my world, Ray. He beats the shit out of me every day. Well, I think you're right about the geography having something to do with Ronnie not taking as the world champion. And honestly, I thought the company back then picked the wrong cities and wrong venues for you two to wrestle in. As I recall, I, I forget which match, but Detroit. one of them, Detroit, that's right. He he never had a chance to be a babyface no, in Detroit, no, not even for no. a little bit. And and I thought, having interviewed him, he says it didn't bother, but I think it bothered him a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, he and I were never really close friends. We just had a, I had a ton of fun working with him and he fit in. I just, um, you know, I flew with him a couple of times. Ronnie's one of those guys that we, <laughs> in the old days, we followed the telephone poles <laughs> or the dots on the road because he sure, sure as hell couldn't navigate any better than me and I can't navigate anything. I can't even turn my GPS on in my car for the Christ's sake. <laughs> but we, he would fly at 2,000 feet so we just follow the telephone poles. <laughs> now, now, Ronnie, and where I felt bad a little bit too was after his run as world champion where he dropped it back to you, uh-huh. like he, he never quite got to that level again, did he? No, not, I, I, I don't think so, no. You know, because... But that's like, the problem. It, it, after you have that belt, you don't have it. Or you have it, it's, where do you go from there? Does that make sense? That's oh, no. why, that's why I, that's why everybody bitches about Ashley wanting to get title shots and getting all that. Well, if you don't want to be the champion, you know, if you're just going to sit there and get a check, if being the champion signifies that you're the best or, you know, that that's what we hope it is. It is in every other sport. They're playing for the Super Bowl. They're, they're playing, they're boxing to be the world champion. You know, if nobody cares about three, four, five, six, or seven, you want to be in that top two or three every day. And and when you're not, you you know, you're going to work harder to get back into it. One thing I will say, though, by comparison to Ronnie's run, when Sting beat you for the world title in Baltimore at the Bash, and that's that's one of the biggest pops I've ever heard in my life to this day when Sting won it, but it didn't quite take on him the first time either, and yet he rebounded after dropping it back to you and became a much bigger star after that. So it's not like not being accepted as world champion is a death sentence either. No, it's not. It's it, First of all, it, especially in the old days, there was so much responsibility with being a world champion. You know, now it's, it's WrestleMania, the event itself. Yes, there are great performers. Yes, there are great matches. Just using this hypothetically. But when I was a world champion... Everybody was looking at me. Believe me, if the arena wasn't full, they were looking at one guy. Or they were looking at three guys or the horsemen or whatever, right? And, of course, all da 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 the horsemen get all this and that. Well, problem is we sold out everything. So there was that communication was cut off. Didn't mean it wasn't going on. But when you're sold out, you can't do any more than that. But being a world champion, especially when I was younger, man, you go into those territories – and those kids there were looking for a big payday. The arena wants, they wanted to be packed. That's why my first time around with the championship belt, I didn't mean shit. Did I think I knew how to work? Yeah, I thought I did because I was working with Wahoo and Mulligan and Paul Jones and Steamboat. Now I'm wrestling guys that never wrestled again for before for an hour. The second time I had it right and I was prepared to go. 
But my first time around, I failed miserably. So it, it's a live and learn experience. But it's it's back in the day, it wasn't the event that drew the crowd. It was the performer. Now the event and the performer, the joint effort. That, that wasn't the luxury back in the old days. Now, the friend we want to talk about today, who, who was an opponent too, but became uh, well-known as a tag team partner for you in Mid-Atlantic, is, is Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, yeah. What was it like to work with him? Because there were certainly, especially early in your careers... A smaller version of Stan Hansen, to sum it up. <laughs> well, well, and there were some similarities with you, too, in terms of look and, and some of the work style. But, but talk about Greg and when you guys first started working together and, and what kind of influence and friend he was to you. Oh, God. Well, to this day, we're best of friends. I talked to him once in a while. We, um, you know, we went our separated, and it's funny, we were so, you know, all of a sudden that point, we were so close, everybody was together, right? And all of a sudden, uh, Vince opened up. And so, uh, so many of our guys left to go to WWE, right? So then we regrouped and we got together and came to Road Warriors and all that stuff. But the time that Greg and I were together, man, we had so damn much fun. He was a hell of a tag team partner. I don't think by any means we were Robert Arn or Tully or anybody great team because of two completely different styles. He was a ground and pound guy like his dad, pulled the guy down. I went in and took the bumps, but it worked. And we had fun and we drew money. And that's at the end of the day. And if, when I see Greg now, I just I, I laugh and I think about how stiff he is. And he, he said to me, <laughs> you don't know how many people have said to me, every time I think about Rick Flair, I think about how much money I spent on clothes I wish I'd never had. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm a there's a place called Franco's in Richmond. We spent so damn much money there because he, he knew I wasn't going to back off the clothes. That was the gimmick, right? And to have the gimmick, you got to live the gimmick, man. So. <laughs> well, he did it all. Then he went and got the robes, and we we had a hell of a time. Well, I have a lot of respect for for Greg as well, and I enjoyed working with him in WCW. He was a yeah, great guy a great to guy, me. And, and I'll tell you something about very early in his career, not early in his career, but but when I was young, is probably a better way to put it. He had one hell of a run in WWF at the time, Worldwide Wrestling Federation, yes. when Bob Backlund was champ. And Nate, let me ask you a trivia. This kind of gives it away. But you know what the three biggest crowds at Pittsburgh Civic Arena were for wrestling? The three biggest crowds. Take a wild guess. Because it wasn't Bruno. That wasn't Bruno. Okay, God, no, I have no, no idea. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I have no idea. Bruno drew like crazy in Pittsburgh. I'm not putting him down, even though we were, were hardly the best of friends. But the number one crowd was Dusty Rhodes wins the finals of the Bunkhouse Stampede. That was the number one crowd when the NWA used to come to Pittsburgh very sporadically. And the next two were Bob Backlund defends the WWWF title against Greg Valentine. The first time, uh, you know, the regular match. And then the second time, the blow off in the steel cage. After the rafters most times. And, and Valentine and Backlund, we were talking earlier about wrestlers who have chemistry. I'm not saying they had the same chemistry as like you and Steamboat, but they were amazing together because one thing about Bob, he was such a great technical wrestler and came off as very tough, but because the howdy duty look, he came off as vulnerable too. And Greg yeah. was just like a real badass, and he kind of exploited that. And it was it was real good chemistry. As, as solid a performer as what we meet. Going back to Bruno and you're talking about us not being best of friends, 
all I said was, and, and I have to clarify this, everybody understands. I, um, I, I got anybody that rolled on the WWE and because they weren't currently being used and used and started talking shit about the WWE and steroids and all that, even though I wasn't working there, it lost, I lost respect for it. Does that make sense? Well, okay, Nate, if you, if, if, uh, if you, if you lost your job, you don't jump on the company and say, oh, the only reason they're there is because they're taking steroids. And that's exactly what he did. And also, I said that he wasn't Dory Funk Jr. And he wasn't. So, same time frame. Listen, there's no, there's, there's no denying Bruno's track record as a draw, sold out at Madison yeah. Square Garden more than anybody. In, in a five-state area. Right, right. Exactly. And I'm not going to sugarcoat. I couldn't stand the guy for any number of reasons. Maybe no, someday. I, 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 he and I, we work it out, shook hands, but I just take offense. I don't, anybody's cracking on the WWE, they're cracking on me. Why do you think I never went to that cauliflower alley? I guess I hear it's gotten better, but in the old days, all the guys would do was crap about the new wrestling, right? Well, I was part of the new wrestling. Even at 50, Vince brought me into the family. I probably not considered family anymore, but that's okay. I've got three of my own. <laughs> um, but it's, I don't, don't like people cracking on the business. I just don't. You know, when I walk away, I hope that, that if you look at this show, I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm not cracking on anybody. Oh, I'm no, no, no. Some bitch, I'm the luckiest some bitch alive. And I'm just having fun talking about it. Well, but I will tell you the truth, too. Well, occasionally, Rick, I will crack on people because, like I said, Irish Alzheimer's. No, cr cracking on people is fine, but I meant you don't you, you don't roll on a company being accused of being successful because guys are on steroids. I'm sorry, that it well, doesn't work like that. Well, Nate, before we wrap this up, and boy, what a, what a great second episode this has been. Um, it, it is def. What happened? Did you? We still didn't shoot. Oh, uh, we we've shot a little bit. You know what? You know what? Uh, <laughs> People talk about your belts, your robes. There was that great, you know, special about your son-in-law, Conrad Thompson, getting the butterfly robe. Here's the one item I need to know where they are. I got to know. I don't care about big gold. I don't care about the butterfly robe. I had I had that butterfly robe in my possession, as you know, for a number of weeks way back when. Wore it all over the place when you went to Europe and you couldn't take it with you. Too much luggage. The promo about you're having a tough time keeping these alligators down that everybody recites, right? Yes. Where are the alligator shoes in question? Uh, in the care, in the, in, in, the, in the good care of one of my wives. So you don't, so you don't have them? No. But, wow. but oh, let me clarify something else. You brought up something very interesting. The, when I talked about my legacy being erased and that, right. I, I need to get back to what I what I tweeted about wanting back that right there. I was having a difficult time at, with obviously through divorce, you can't be paying alimony to three women. That's not, that's not the best formula to live by. So when Hunter called me to buy that belt, I sold it to him for 50 grand. Okay. Bingo. I also took the 92 Royal rumble belt, which Vince let me keep when they brought the new belt. Right. And I gifted it to him with a note saying, I wish I could have dropped it to you in 1986. Meaning when I was good at what I was doing, which I was no good at the time. But that's how much I thought of our friendship. So I have asked for that back. 
because that's part of my legacy. And I, and I said, I want to pay for them. Why do you want them? Why do you want something that you don't want? In other words, you can't put me in front of your show, but you want to hold something that nobody else in that whole company has been but me? That's, that's the kind of stuff that upsets me. You know, I want to buy it back. I don't expect them to give it to me, but it's mine. Nate, I could not agree more, and I could also not agree more that we've done it again. What an episode of Ric Flair, Woo Nation Uncensored. When do we shoot? I'll tell you, we can, we can shoot on the Steelers for a second. How about that? They rally from a million points down and then blow it at the end. How about this? Aaron Rodgers, win, lose, or draw. He can call himself the man. And how about this? Saturday, Ohio State's going down. Woo! What, who are they playing? Michigan? Michigan! Wait, what? Harbaugh's never beaten Ohio State. You know that, right? He's going to beat him this Saturday. You want to bet? When I see you next Monday, what are you going to say? We'll talk off air. We'll bet, though. We'll bet. Hey, Jim Harbaugh will be limousine riding, jet flying, kids stealing the wheel and dealing. Boy, he'll have a hard time holding them gators down. I got a feeling. I got a feeling he's going to be roadkill, Nate. (laughs) Roadkill. (laughs) So the referee better hook my arm right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you've got till five, as I've heard it said. That is Ric Flair. I'm Mark Mann. We'll be back next week with Ric Flair. Woo! Nation Uncensored.